Hey guys, welcome into the Corked Up Podcast episode 19. 19. You got it. Hit it on the head, Jackie. Almost I'm- a 20. Almost a 20. We're not in the NFL weeks anymore, so I'm going to be thrown off for a while, guys. I probably should write this down somewhere. Episode wild card, fellas. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll go by. I'll just title it what we're going to title it in the in the in the caption for the for the episode. But uh no, Frank is right. We're we're talking about the NFL wild card this week. Um, I'm, there's nothing to go over in week 17. Uh, there were some coach firings. There were some, uh, you know, the draft order is set for non-playoff teams. We'll do all of that stuff in the off season. Uh, right now, we really just wanted to focus on like. There's no point in me and Frank being like, well, you know, I think the Jaguars might might want to take Justin Fields here over Trent. Like, no, we're we're not going to do that. There, there's no point until some more news happens and and the wild card is still important. It's uh more important, Frank, than we thought it would be because the Bears are, are in the playoffs. Uh somehow, some way they they managed to do it. They they lost, but they won in in some respect. Uh cause because Kyler Murray tried his best, but he he just he couldn't do it. He was he was still hurt like we thought he would be. Um I will say I finished picks 14 and 2, Frank, and in the season. Uh, I'm just going to share it right now. 165 and 91 in the regular season. That's good for 64%. Not good. Well, no, but in in the weird year that 2020 was, that's not bad. It's not. It's not. And I appreciate you saying that. But uh, I have to tally up mine. I I accidentally threw away, I think, week seven and week eight because I wrote them all down. And I have to go back and listen to them. You were just so mad. You were just so angry. No, I got a new desk and I was like throwing stuff out. And I think that was just kind of collateral damage. (laughs) I, I, I honestly can't blame you for that. But, uh, yeah, so we have our wild card set. Um, we'll just kind of go through each game. Well, I mean, it's kind of going to be like doing game picks at the beginning of, of the episode. And that's really what this is all going to be about. Um, we have our wild card teams. We have Indy and Buffalo on Saturday, Rams and Seahawks on Saturday as well, Tampa Bay and Washington as well. And then on Sunday, we have Baltimore and Tennessee, Chicago and New Orleans, and then Cleveland and Pittsburgh to wrap things up uh, for this wild card round. Uh, the Chiefs and the Packers are the two one seeds, so obviously they have a bye week, which I think could be pretty important moving forward here. Uh, so let's just get into it, Frank. Let's just start off with the first game on Saturday. Uh, super important game for for me because it's one of my teams. You know, I, I'll, I'll admit it. I have two teams. I don't give a fuck. It's not weird to have one favorite AFC team and one favorite NFC team, and they both met in the Super Bowl one time, and I was pretty conflicted. Uh, it doesn't matter, Frank, because we're in the present. 2021, now. Happy New Year, by the way. Uh, Frank, do the Indianapolis Colts, do my Colts have any chance to win this game? A, a chance, absolutely. They're, they're, they're not dead in the water. I think with that defense... I mean, this is like, this may be my favorite. I was going to ask you that before we got into, you know, into everything, but then I forgot because I'm stupid. But <laughs> this may be my favorite matchup of the wild card weekend. I mean, it's just like an elite defense going up and against, going up against an elite offense. And I think what it comes down to is because the Bills' defense has been coming on as of late. I, I mean, they 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 turned the corner. But the Colts don't have a bad – this isn't like a Bears team where, you know, not this year, but just, you know, generally speaking, where it's like the defense is great, offense is, is awful. That offense is solid. Like, their 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 ceiling isn't far away from the Bills' ceiling. I don't think they've hit it as consistently or as much as the Bills have this year because they've had some games where they went crazy. But the ceiling is there. I mean, we've seen this Colts offense really, really do well. And not for nothing, Jonathan Taylor looks really, really good. Uh, you know, in the second half of the season, you'd anticipate that carrying over into this game. But the the one thing that I think plays into Buffalo's favor is that it doesn't seem like everything has to go right on the offensive side for them to hit that ceiling that I kind of mentioned or get close to that ceiling. I mean, you know, Cole, Cole Beasley gets hurt. Gabe Davis steps up. Smoke Brown goes down. Here goes another. Here goes Isaiah McKenzie. You know, I mean, they just ha- they have this dynamic and this you know, I like to throw the word identity out a, a lot there, but they have that, man. Like, it, it doesn't matter who's out there. It just feels like they have the ability to do so. But to answer your question, do the Colts have a chance? I think, yeah, I, I would assume they do. I mean, they have a defense that can go up against, you know, the best of them. They're going to have to prove it because they're going up against probably the best offense in the AFC. So 
They're well, second best behind behind yeah. Kansas City. I'll I take that back. I'll take that back. But it's gonna be tough. I mean, it's an uphill battle, right? I I, I certainly I'm I'm not picking them. I'm going with the Bills. But would it completely shock me if the Colts win this game? No, I think there's an avenue for a win here for them. I think it's a little bit of ball control. Obviously, Phil Rivers has to protect the ball. You can't give that offense any more opportunities than they're going to get just you know naturally throughout the game um, as it goes on. So if Phil can take care of the ball, be situationally better than Josh Allen, because not for nothing, you know, I, I like Josh Allen a lot. He's, he's my, my dynasty quarterback in three different leagues. Love the kid. But he's not situationally the best just yet. He still has some things to figure out there. We've seen him in tough situations, you know, and he fumbles a lot as well. So that's not a good thing going up against this front seven in Indy. So there's a pathway there. I just think, I think the Bills are on a different level right now, man. I, 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 I got to go with them. I mean, do you feel any, any differently? I know you're able to speak a little bit more in depth as to maybe what the uh, Indy can do this game. Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going with Buffalo as well, right off the bat. Uh, it just isn't a good matchup for for the Colts. If if they had if they had drawn the Titans, if they had drawn uh, any number of you know any team that runs the ball effectively, and that's kind of what they run their offense through, I would b- feel a little bit better about the the Colts' chances. If they got in the Browns or something, the the Ravens even um, Colts are great against the run, but unfortunately for them, that's not how Buffalo's offense wins. They they have two pretty good running back, maybe not pretty good, but you know pretty decent running backs, mm-hmm. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. No, I wouldn't say they're world beaters or anything like that. Uh, I think the pass attack is how Buffalo is going to beat this team. And uh, when the Colts were fighting for their lives against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and maybe there was a sense of like, all right, well, we're going to win this game no matter what because Jacksonville sucks. But there were a couple uh, instances in that game where, where Mike Lennon looked not that bad, honestly. The pass rush was was a lot better than I expected it to be. They, they've started to come on a little, you know, as of late. But just the pass defense is just not very good. And they may be dealing with some injuries with uh, Kari Willis in the backfield and uh, Rakiasin as well. So I, I see Stephon Diggs having a pretty big day in Buffalo. And Josh Allen... I don't know if, if he can play well enough to put himself at the top of the MVP race, but he, he absolutely should be up there, right? And I, I think it's going to end up being Aaron Rodgers because it's it's just Aaron Rodgers and he had an incredible season. But, man, <laughs> what what Josh Allen was able to do with this Bills team, I, th- I, I don't understand why he doesn't get more respect. Um, like you said, the Bills defense, it's not as bad as it was to start the season. They're, they kind of finished middle of the pack. Um, and... I just think the Colts' biggest problem is going to rear its head in this game, and that is Phillip Rivers limiting this team. We, mm-hmm. We've talked about it all year long with this team. Uh, he's been playing a lot better as of late. I think he finished with, like, the second highest completion percentage in the history of the team. Like, there was Peyton Manning 2002, uh, Phillip Rivers this year, and then Peyton Manning 2003 or something like that. It was, it was in those Manning heyday years. So, so that's not... You know, that's not for nothing. Um, uh, Michael Pittman, just he's kind of faded a little bit here. They don't really use him as much as I think they could. I think that has a lot to do with T.Y. Hilton kind of resurging a little bit. But the way they win this game, like you said, is Jonathan Taylor. If if they're going to win this game, it's going to be ball control and defense. And I don't know. I I just think the Bills are, are just a better team. And the Colts were fortunate to get into the playoffs with this extra spot here. Um, and I don't know. I, I just think, I, I just don't know how you trust Phillip Rivers to win, to win a playoff. Yeah. Game. We'll see. But right now I'm going to go with the bills. Is yeah. there, and I is think, there anything you want to add into that before we move on to the next game? I mean, really just the last thing for me, I, you know, I feel the same way about Josh Allen. I, I'm not saying, I don't think you are either, or, you know, saying that he should be the MVP. I just think when you looked at the scope of the season, like Kyler Murray got a little bit of buzz for MVP at certain points. Yeah. Also Russ. Wilson yep. got some, and it's like this guy, and he had a, what, a two, three week spell where he just looked off the offense kind of tailed, but then they brought it right back. And at no point at any of the hot streaks, you heard anything <laughs> like, Hey, Josh Allen, it just kind of shifted from like, Oh, Russ, let Russ cook. to like, all right, it's just like Rogers is and that's it. And, and granted he deserves it. I think he's going to win it and he's earned that. He's had a phenomenal season, but 
just in terms of like, give me a rumble or two from this kid, man. He's looked good this year. I don't know how I, I, I don't know about you. I didn't hear a lot about Alvin Kamara either, which was kind of weird to me because he essentially is that Saints team, that offense. But um, I, I know this is a quarterback driven award. So uh, yeah. I know. Well, you know, I think, those I mean, I, I think, and, and we may even, you know, get to this when we get to that game, but so not to get too far out of myself, but if there is a non quarterback that, has a shot. I mean, it's got to be Derrick Henry, right? He's been 2000, I mean, 2000 yeah. rushing yards. I mean, you know, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be Rogers, but maybe we can get to some award predictions as well. Uh, once those, uh, maybe before the, 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 ta- the tally comes out. Uh, but yeah, so Frank and I both taking Buffalo here. Uh, let's go to, uh, one of the least interesting matchups in my, in my opinion, uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. Um, they just obviously played each other uh, a couple weeks ago, but um, I don't know. Uh, Frank, I'll just start with you. I'll, I'll, let, yeah. I'll let you go first. Cause I, I don't know. I'm, I'm picking these as we go here. So just like last week. So let's, let's see what we can do. Uh, sure. Who are we going with in this one? I think this game is going to be ugly. I, I, it was a couple of weeks ago. They just kind of play each other that way. And that's just the Pete Carroll special. Like, just ugly. And I don't care if Jared Goff is in or not. He hasn't been very good. Uh, who was the dude who played? Uh, Wolford? Watford? How do you pronounce yeah. his name? Wofford, I think. He didn't look He didn't Wolford. look any di- Wolford. He didn't look any different to me than Jared Goff has, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that was his first career NFL start. And there's actually rumblings that even if Jared Goff is healthy, that they may want to start him and then maybe do the Brian Flores strategy of like bringing in Goff if Walford doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I just think the, that Rams offense has tailed off so much. And even even though you know the Seahawks have had you know their their offense have tailed off a little bit much, I just look at the talent and the fate that I have in Russell Wilson just being the better quarterback here. That. You know, it may only take two good drives in the fourth quarter to win this game. Like, I don't anticipate, even though the Seahawks defense isn't the greatest, I don't anticipate this Rams offense being able to do very much. Like, even if they play the clock control stuff, I mean, Jared Goff is kind of Carson Wentz without the, the headlines. Like, if he was in Philly, he'd be getting the same exact headlines as Carson Wentz was. Yeah, but he's in L.A. where no one cares about football. That's what I mean. Like, we don't really hear anything about it, but... I don't think I have too big of an in-depth analysis. I just think the Seahawks run the ball really, really well. They have since Pete Carroll has got there. You know, really, no matter who's uh, maybe th- this year, I know that take it's a little bit of a hiccup with the run game. It's not as good, but you know, they 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 can stay committed to it when they want to. And I think the, the Rams defense is going to keep this game close. But it's just one of those things where I, I think the Seahawks just continue to beat that drum and continue to beat that drum and continue to beat it. And eventually there's going to be some chinks in the armor for the Rams. And I think the Seahawks just win a close, ugly game. Yeah, <clears throat> I, th- I think the Rams uh, are, are not really going to be in this game at all. Uh, I mean, they were on their way to losing to the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. I mean, it, it was fortunate that he came out. And then that uh, that Cardinals quarterback, the, the backup, made one of the worst throws I've ever seen. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and they scored a touchdown at, off of that. So, I mean... The, the the one saving grace is the Rams defense, right? Like that's that's gonna have to gonna have to be the the deciding factor for this Rams team. But I mean, it's it's like how do you make up for literally having nothing on offense? Like it just I, I don't I don't see how the Seahawks team loses. And you know, if Russ is is gonna be one of the top quarterbacks in the league, then he needs to win games like this. Um, yeah, I expected to be like, maybe like 17, three or something like that. Real low scoring, nothing super out of this world, but, um, I think the Rams, they, they do have a chance and it's going to be just turnovers, right? Like they're going to need yep. to cause some fumbles. They're going to need to, you know, get some interceptions on, on, on Ross and, you know, shut down obviously DK, which I mean, the Rams have proven they can do. Um, but I just think when you when you look at matchups like this, typically I lean towards the quarterback and Russ is just I mean, it's not even a close comparison. Even with <laughs> Goff, like you said, I think I think Goff wants Trubisky. That's like there's there's they're they're in like their own little bubble. 
uh, of what those kind of quarterbacks are, where it's just like you see talent, but they're just not very good. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's it's one of those things that we, we, we've said this specifically with Mitch, but I think I see that with those other guys, too. Like, it can sometimes look pretty. Like, they roll out, they look athletic, yeah. they, but it's just like when you watch a whole game and a whole season, you're like, this isn't it. Yeah. Like, it's just not so – yeah, and, and I certainly think – yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, like uh, the Rams, like I said, they have it, it, it just must be if, if only Frank and I knew what it was like to have a really great defense being, uh, you know, stunted by by terrible quarterback play. But, you know, I just will just we'll just never know that feeling, Frank. And it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Frank and I are both going with the Seahawks in this one. Uh, and then we got kind of, uh, you know, Frank, I. I don't know how to feel about this one. I, I'm I'm kind of interested uh, with it. Tampa Bay at Washington. Uh, you know, obviously Washington sneaking in at seven and nine uh, after the Eagles essentially gifted them the the win with the with the decisions that Doug Peterson made, which you know made splashes and the yeah. Giants. Oh, how dare they do that? You know, we were six and ten. We should be. Yeah, the I mean, <laughs> That's come so on. ridiculous. But uh, no, I mean Washington fourth. Overall defense in terms of points allowed, uh, 19 and a half. That's that's a play or excuse me, 20.6. That's a playoff defense. Uh, the only problem is the playoff offense. I'm not sure that they're quite there yet. Um, can Alex Smith and this defense overtake Tom Brady and the Tom, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I, I don't think so. I'll, I'll say this though, of the teams in the NFC East, just with this particular matchup, this is the team that can probably beat the Bucs. I, I, I don't I don't fancy New York's chances. I don't like Dallas's chances. They were the ones to make it. Just Because just like you said, they have a really, really good defense. I mean, Chase Young has been amazing. I mean, he yeah. I, we've seen this sort of revolution of these early pass rushers with uh, – with the, the Bosa brothers and then now Chase Young. I know there's one other one that I'm missing on that, that was very recent as well, but like these dudes come in and make an immediate impact. And he's, yeah. you know, he's the latest one and he's looked phenomenal. So he by himself can impact this game and potentially even single-handedly win this game. If he can get a ton of pressure on Tom Brady pretty consistently. Um, but I say that not just because they have a good defense, but it's because the Bucks have such a low floor. We've seen them look really bad this year. Yeah. I don't anticipate that happening this Saturday. I'm picking them to win. But of the other teams in the AFC, I'm sorry, uh, in the NFC, outside of the Bears, of course, like they have, because you just throw them out the window, they were going to lose to anybody. It didn't matter. They have a very low floor. They have the second lowest floor behind the Bears, I think, especially <laughs> on the offensive side. Um and I think that's what gives Washington a chance. Like, if you can just bother Brady early, get a good mm-hmm. lead, and then play clock control, there, there is – you maybe got to squint a little bit, but there is a vision here to, to see a Washington win. That being said, I think um, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks win this game. And it may even look close. I, I, I kind of felt that way about the Seahawks and the Rams where that Rams defense will keep them in. It'll be maybe like a 17-9 game, but it didn't really feel that close. I can, I can see this game being that as well, where it's like, you know, maybe a little bit more high scoring than that. It looks close on paper, but if you watch the game, you realize that the Bucks were kind of in, tro- uh, in control the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, uh, I'm going Tampa Bay in this one as well. <clears throat> I, I, you and I have, uh, well, at least I've been on the Washington bandwagon since week one, Frank, uh, just, you know, not to toot my own horn. Of course, I didn't think Alex Smith would be playing quarterback for this team anytime soon. Um, but here we are. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing too different from what you've said. Um, I, I don't know if we have an update yet on, on Mike Evans, if he'll play or not. I know he, he's dealing with some injuries, but Antonio Brown has looked like Antonio Brown recently. Like he, he looked good in that last game uh, against the Panthers. So, um, or excuse me, not, not the Panthers against the Falcons. Um, so I know it's the Falcons, but still, I think Washington, it, it's kind of the same thing with the Rams, man. They're, they're almost identical. In terms of <laughs> like, like they can win with defense. You're right. Like can, can Chase Young beat Tristan Wirfs, you know, can, 
they stop the run? Can they force Brady to make quick decisions and, you know, move around a little bit? I think if they can do that, they'll, they'll make it a little bit tougher of a day, but just overall, I think, I think the Buccaneers just top to bottom, just are more talented. Uh, even their defense. Yeah. We, we talk about the Buccaneers offense, uh, you know, and such a sure thing because they were the third highest scoring offense per game. Uh, but their defense is nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, yeah. I th- they finished like eighth in, in terms of points allowed per game. So, um, it's a good defense and, and I think that they'll make things uncomfortable for Alex Smith. And I just don't like the weapons that, I mean, Logan Thomas, I mean, come on, come on. I just, come yeah. on, come on, come Dude, on. And, and oh. with Alex Smith, it's so funny because the league right now just is adoring the story. Absolutely loves him. And, and rightfully so he, he came back from excruciating circumstances. But when you go to Washington football team's Twitter, and you read the way that, like, I don't think they, 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 as a person, as a man, they love the story. They're a little bit over all the checkdowns and such. They, they, they're, they don't like it. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know what his contract looks like beyond this year, but I, I will just say I think they'd be, you know, happy if he wins the the comeback player of the year award. Maybe even gets it named after him. But if he leaves, I don't think anyone in Washington's gonna be sad. Yeah, no, I think they're ready for uh, for a real quarterback to come in, and 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 I am as well because Terry McLaurin deserves that. God damn it, he deserves yeah. a but better. You know, and and that's the thing that sucks though about his injury is that pre-injury, I think he fits this type of team wonderfully. A young yes. team that has some developing players that you even get like another Patrick Mahomes situation. You draft a young quarterback behind him, let him mentor him for a year or two. Like he's built for that type of stuff, but that injury kind of threw that whole trajectory off. Yeah, and I think you can tell Antonio Gibson is still dealing with some injuries as well because yeah. he just he just doesn't look explosive in in the pass game. And I mean McKissick's uh, he's a good running back, but he's just not not that great. Kind of just flipping over to the Buccaneers, I I feel like we didn't talk about them quite quite as as much, which is kind of strange. But uh, you know, I I think they may win this game with the with the run game as well. I think Ronald Jones on on Sunday last Sunday he proved that he is the lead back in that room and for whatever reason I I, I don't know why Bruce Arians just won't stick with him. He's clearly the most talented and it's just like it, anything else you you can't make an argument for it because he's throwing Antonio Brown out there and you know getting him 40 targets a game like stop pretending like it's anything other than you just don't like the guy. Like I mean yeah. I don't know what it is but I just like this offense overall, even without Mike Evans, if I'm being completely honest. I just think, again, top to bottom, this is one of the most talented offensive teams in football, especially on the offensive line. But, I mean, Brady, just he doesn't lose these games, right? Yeah. He just, he just doesn't lose games like this. I, I agree, especially to a team. I mean, this isn't last year's Patriots versus the Titans, where, like, the Titans were a very good team. Right. You know? They, I mean, they even, you know, gave the Chiefs a good game the week after. But it just isn't – Washington isn't that. Um, yeah. You know, and, and to your point, just kind of how we talked about the Bills, I don't think the ceiling is as high with the Bucks, But, you know, Mike Evans might go down. Tyler Johnson will step up. Scotty Miller will step up. Gronk has looked really good the second half. Of, like, I, he proved me wrong. I, I thought he looked terrible in the first half. And I was like, he yeah, did. that's exactly what I expected. Really but, God, I mean, he has turned a corner, you know – PED testing must be done this season or something because this dude is, looks like a totally different player right now and he They're looks really good. It, it's the COVID test; they they don't do any other tests anymore. So exactly, they, yeah, they don't okay. have the capacity to do anything more. No, but yeah, I I think the weapons that they have is just going to overwhelm Washington, even though they do have a really good defense. And I I just don't think, yeah, I I mean Washington isn't built right now to, you know, to 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 beat the Bucks, which is unfortunate for Washington because if they have like th- this would be a good opportunity if you have Dwayne Haskins if he's you know doesn't fuck up and get released because this is good experience for a young quarterback. This would be good at, like this is gonna be great for Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson I think and yeah. you know and Chase Young Chase and the young, young guys they have yeah. scattered across the team because like this is what the type of experience you need. But there's no quarterback at the helm to kind of take this and, and roll with it. Like Alex Smith is you know one leg out and the other leg is broke. <laughs> he should be playing for the Buccaneers if you get it. He's one like pirate. You got it. Uh, let's let's flip flip over to uh, to the Sunday slate here. Um, we got Baltimore at Tennessee. Uh, Frank, I'm sure you can probably guess who I'm going with. I know what you're going for. I'm going with Baltimore. God damn it! Because uh, 
they if yeah, they always talk right teams always talk it's it's one of the biggest cliches in, in any team sport well we're just gonna flip the switch they just got to flip that switch whatever switch there was baltimore flipped it and then some obviously they dealt with a lot of covid stuff earlier in the season and that kind of derailed a lot of the things when early on they looked like one of the i mean maybe the second best team in all of football right behind the chiefs uh but i mean lately they they've just looked right back to as themselves uh the titans man their defense fucking sucks they no way does this team stop lamar jackson on the ground maybe they do in the air because we've seen what happens with Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, but we've also seen what happens to Titans in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say Ravens here. How about you, Frankie? This is, this is my second favorite matchup of, uh, of the playoffs behind Bills and Colts. And it's because you can make a case. I mean, this to me is the most 50, 50 game of, of the playoffs uh, of the wildcard playoffs. I should say, uh, I'm I'm going Titans, man. I I and, and the reason being, and and this is Lamar's chance to really prove me wrong because I, I think he has a bright future in this league. But there's a game plan out there for him come playoff time. There just is, and I know the Titans don't have a great defense, but the one thing that they do is run the ball really, really well. And you know what else they do? They fucking pass the ball really well too. Like we got to start giving Ryan Tannehill his flowers. Like you know, on on the back end, we've talked about having a segment. You know, once the season's over, just kind of talking about what things we were right about, things we were wrong about. And I may have even said this already. I mean, we were just flat out wrong about Ryan Tannehill. I, I know you're still not the biggest fan of the Titans, but going in, we just thought there's no way he can replicate what he did last year. Probably, there's probably no way Derrick Henry can replicate what he did because teams are going to really key in on that. And they proved us wrong in that aspect. And, you know, I, I think Mike Vrabel just brings, you know, just has that edge for them here. I mean, we saw it last year with, when they, they came in against the Patriots. No one thought they had a, sh- had a shot. I would assume that, you know, this is without me looking at different articles and such with the picks, but I would assume that the Ravens are the heavy pick right now just because they've been humming. And that's not any different to what they looked like the last two years before they hit got smacked in round one, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm going based off history, and I'm not saying history is always right, because, again, if Lamar Jackson proves me wrong, I'm going to be happy for him. I think he's a very good player, but I don't know. My, my Your gut tells you Ravens. My gut tells me Titans. And I just think uh, – but it's still, I, that's going to be a damn good game, man. That's a good first game for Sunday. Well, it's – it's what's crazy is just, I mean, you have uh, a 2,000-yard rusher on on the Titans, and, and I just – I don't even give that a second thought, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, that's obviously how they're going to win uh, is, is through Derrick Henry, but – I mean, like you said, Derek, Ryan Tannehill, 3,800 passing yards, A.J. Brown, over 1,000 yards for the Titans. And it's like you don't you don't really associate good offense or good passing offense with the Titans. You just that's just not normally the team that that really does it and for, for a number of years. Um, but with that being said, I mean, you're right. Ryan Tannehill is, is a perfect fit for this team. We You, you talk about Alex Smith how he'd be a great team for, for Washington in his heyday. I think Ryan Tannehill is that fit right now. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks, he looks damn good. And, um, but you know, the Ravens defense here has just looked a lot better. You know, they've just been playing a second best team in terms of points allowed per game. I, I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying about the Titans and, uh, or, you know, the game plan being out there to stop Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, but the circumstances are just so different. This, this Titans defense, I mean, they may know how to do it, but I think that the bigger question is going to be, can they do it? And, and I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I think this is kind of that season that Lamar Jackson kind of proves, you know, the playoff doubters wrong. And, you know, he has a big game. I'm not saying that he goes on to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think they're good enough to beat this Titans team. Um, you were talking yeah. about how the Buccaneers have, have a low floor. Uh, honestly, I think, I think the Titans offense is kind of in that similar mold where I, not necessarily everything needs to be clicking, but if they're going to win, they need Derrick Henry to be effective because I don't think the, the Ravens defense is going to respect Ryan Tannehill in the sense that if Derrick Henry is getting stuffed at the line, they're not going to fall for play action. Um, 
you know, they're going to they're going to make him move around a little bit. And it's not like the Ravens defense doesn't know how to deal with athletic quarterbacks. They do, they do it in practice almost every week. So uh, I, I think the Ravens will have a better game plan than than the Titans. But um, you're right. This will definitely be one of the uh, probably the most enjoyable matchups of, of of Sunday. Who did who did Baltimore lose to last year in the playoffs? Uh, you're asking me to, to do this right now, huh? Right off, right off the bat. Just being a, being a prick. Um, God, who was it? Uh, <laughs> we should know this, Frank. We I, should, I know, it, I know the answer. I'm asking you. You know the answer. Just give yeah. me the answer. Let, let, hey, let, let, let me, let me confirm. Cause I'm pretty sure I know the answer. <laughs> you don't even know. I do. You're talking I do to know. me like, you know, you don't know. I do. Well, just give us the answer. Oh, it's one. Uh, <laughs> they they lost. Just, just like I thought. Like I remembered correctly. I I don't remember if I had the years flip flop. They lost to the Titans last year. Big. They had a chance this year to prove that they kind of got over that hump, and the Titans did the same exact thing to them. Yeah. I, I remember, and granted, the, the score was closer this year's regular season than it was uh, in the divisional round last year. It, it may be, I, the reason I make that point is it, even though talent for talent, you, you may side with the Ravens on this one. I think there's something to just the psychology of that. And we, constantly talk, we constantly talk about, you know, the, the big brother, little brother, Bears, Packers thing. And I don't think it, this is that because they're not in the same division or anything, but that's that it, it, it is a thing. I mean, you even think back of like back in the day when Steve Smith just torched us and when we had the best defense in the league all the time. And it was like this psychological thing that he just had. He just 200 yards. Bam. Here you go. Bears. Here's your loss. Move on. Move on to next year or, or to the next week. And we may be seeing that with with the Titans. I, I, I there and, and I should have brought this up earlier, but I just kind of got lost into all the different games. But I was sitting down yesterday kind of breaking, looking at things. And I think that's why my gut is telling me Tennessee, because I, I distinctly remember the regular season game this year, week, I want to say 12. Um, and it was an overtime game, but it was one of those games, if I'm remembering right, that Baltimore just didn't look like they were in it. Like they, they had a late comeback. I, again, I, I think I'm remembering this game right. And Tennessee just feels like the big brother in this situation. Yeah, I mean, there there definitely is something to that. I mean, obviously, uh, the Colts experienced that all the time when they played <laughs> Bill Belichick, uh, Tom Brady, New England Patriots. I mean, they they just there there was just that. I mean, they talk about the. Uh, I remember watching like the NFL films thing when when they would talk about the you know every year in the Super Bowl they they talk about each Super Bowl team each Super Bowl winner and like their path to get there. And when they get to the 2006 Colts, it almost is like them beating the Patriots in yeah. the AFC championship game was more important than winning the actual Super Bowl just because it was like, finally, we beat those those pieces of shit, those fuckers. Um, and, and maybe there is something to that a little bit uh, with, with the Ravens. But, um, I mean, you know, you, you know better than anyone. Teams just change so much from year to Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, maybe the Ravens aren't necessarily better than they were last year. Maybe they're still kind of around the same. They, they didn't add a whole lot uh, to the offensive side of the ball, except maybe, you know, obviously J.K. Dobbins. But uh, that Titans defense, man, they're just not even close to what they were last year. You know what I mean? They're, they're just such a big drop. So um, I think the teams are different enough where, where I feel comfortable going with the Ravens. I will say that if Lamar Jackson loses in this first game and he looks he looks bad doing it, you know, it's a, it's going to be a pretty big conversation to have about kind of the future of, of the Ravens organization. And, you know, if, if you can ever really pick them again in the playoffs with him at the quarterback position. So, yeah, it's going to be a I good think, matchup. No, it's going to be a great matchup. And I mean, that that's again, that's why I like it, because I think and I also like that we've just picked differently because I think we we presented kind of both thought processes of, of how you could pick, you know, one team over the other. But I, I'll say this and we can move on uh, to the Bears loss. But. If you're Lamar Jackson, do you want it any other way? No. no. Absolutely not, right? Like because you 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 understand what the narrative is now, or at least how someone could form a narrative that oh, you look bad against the Chargers two years ago, you look bad against the Titans, you can't win in the playoffs. Here's your immediate chance to hey, this is the team that got me last year. 
This is yeah. it. And yeah. this is his chance. Like, uh, someone like Lamar just kind of seeing his interviews and kind of hearing the way his teammates talk about him, he's th- this is his moment. He's not shying away from this, I don't think. Right. Right. No, I, I, I think he'll step up to that challenge. But uh, let's just let's just get into it, Frank. The Bears at at uh, at New Orleans here. Uh, you 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 told me you'd shut off the pot early if I if I went <laughs> if I went this way. So I decided against it specifically because I want to talk to you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I, I can joke as much as I want to about, you know, how how. Bears fans need to stick by their team, and and you know, I there there is a chance that they win this game. Let's be real. Let's be real. We we saw we saw what this team is against competitive teams, and they look like they do against the Packers. And regardless if Alvin Kamara plays or not, I mean, it's obviously helpful to the Bears if he doesn't play. But this Bears team is not the 2018 Bears where uh, a rogue field goal lost them in the game, essentially. Um, and I know there's obviously going to be arguments. Oh, you know, they should have scored more points during it. Whatever. They they lost because of the field goal kicker. Let's just call it what it is. That's how they lost the game. This defense is not the 2018 defense. They're, they're probably not even the 2019 defense, if I'm being honest. I mean, well, everyone's talking about, oh, well, you know, if this Bears offense could just be competent. You and I had said this throughout the entire year. Well, this defense is good enough to pick up the slack. This defense has been fucking terrible. Uh, just as long as this offense has been, essentially. Yep. I mean, I, regardless of if Kamara plays or not, or, you know, we know Michael Thomas probably isn't going to play either, but, I mean, how do you how do you back the Bears in this situation? You, you can't, right? No, you can't. And, and it's funny because I sent you a tweet, um, sort of in jest, but, I, I mean, there really is some truth to it. If I'm Sean Payton, like I'm resting as many people as I can this week, as long as I feel comfortable, because, you know, your comments about the defense are 100 percent right. And you think of someone who's just as good of a game planner and play caller as Sean Payton, he knows how to beat this type of a defense. There's nothing special about this defense. There's nothing that's keeping him up at night. You know, it's 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 a very bland defense. It's a very I mean, dare I say, like boring defense, like can you think of like five explosive plays from this year that happened? Like it's, it's even, no, I, I mean, I, mean, <clears throat> I don't know what the this interceptions to Sean Gibson has the most and Roquan Smith from off one game off one. Game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I yeah, it's, I, I just, I, I don't, the, the same way you said last week that you just can't, you know, and, and I, I forgot the way you worded it, but just like, you know, it was just like as much as I would love for it to happen, as much as I'd love to pick, like I just can't. Like, how can you? What what can you justify outside of being a Homer fan here to say that the Bears can beat the Saints? We don't match up on absolutely any level. The only team that we beat that had a heart, that, that had a pulse, was Tampa Bay. We lost to Indy. Bad. We should have lost to Detroit week one. We lost to the Rams, couldn't move the ball against a good defense. We lost to New Orleans, and, you know, you had someone who tweeted us, that, oh, well, we should have won the first time against New Orleans. And and my retort to that is that that's what bad teams do. They lose yeah. games that they that's should win. Right. That's exactly what bad teams do, you know. And they lost to the Titans, really ugly loss against Minnesota, got dominated against Green Bay twice. What about this team shows anyone that they have a chance? Now, we're just talking about the Bears side of, th- side of things. You flip to the other side and you start talking about New Orleans, a team that has won games with a tight end at quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are we talking? And not for nothing, probably the second best defense behind the Rams in the NFC. I mean, you could probably make the case that they're number one. They're a phenomenal defense. That secondary gets under everybody's skin. Cam, uh, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan. Yeah, Cam Jordan. I, I, it always throws me off because there was a, there was a Cam Jordan, there was a Jordan Cameron. Jordan Cameron, the tight end for the. And then there was another. Who, who was the other? There was another like defensive end with a very similar. And it always, anyway. So Cam Jordan, uh, you know, phenomenal pass rusher, and, and I mean, they're just one of those teams that's a zone coverage type of team. I know they can do, they they can do man to man as well. But that has never fared well for Mitch. That's exactly what Green Bay does against him, and he's fucking lost. Like, there's nothing that they can do. 
We've been running the ball more consistently, and that's brilliant. But what we saw against a really good team in Green Bay is that being the ceiling, even with a good run-pass balance. Yeah. Because you're, you're going to be handcuffed as long as Mitch Trubisky is back there. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked. I, I, I don't remember. I, I wish I would have wrote down what week I said it because, uh, I mean, we've I've, I've said it back then. We've seen the ceiling for this team. You know, like, yeah. like this it's just not a team that can beat the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, one thing I think is interesting is that the, what for whatever reason, these two teams really do not seem to like each other very much. Like there's a history here. Uh, you know, we know the Javon Wims thing that started to kind of form those cracks a little bit that, yeah. that you and I had talked about. Um, Keem Hicks, I'm sure he probably is going to be dying for to get this win. But I mean, he he's he's been invisible lately. It's it, like. The most I think I saw from him in the in the Packers game was him at the end of a play. They they showed him you know punching, punching yeah. that. and it was like uh, it, it just I don't know how many guys are injured on this team, but uh, on the Bears defense. But I, I mean clearly Khalil Mack is he, he's been just non-existent. You have Robert Quinn going up against a backup, not even the starting left tackle David Bakhtiari, and he does nothing in that game, and it's just like. When it's time for this team to step up, they just don't. Eddie Jackson, another dropped interception. It's like yep. this dude just – this dude talks more than he plays. Like, I mean, I, I want to like the guy so much because, you know, I think he he is a real leader. But, yeah, I think he just got ahead of himself and he thought he was one of the best players. You know, I, I predict uh, here comes a, you know, a return for a touchdown. It's like, dude, then just do it. Stop talking so much and just, you know, Kyle, Kyle Fuller, I mean – uh, granted, when it comes to cornerbacks like him, where he just shuts down one side of the field, you don't really worry too much about interceptions for, for guys like that. But to have like essentially none this entire season, it, 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 Chuck Bagana, regardless, you know, we know we, we saw the reports Matt Nagy's going to come back next year. You and I had pretty much predicted that was going to happen. Um, it sounds like the Bears are doing their best to, to keep it under wraps that Ryan Pace will be back. Uh, that he did get a contract extension, even though they won't say it for because they probably fear the backlash right now. Um, but it, Chuck Pagano has to go. He he cannot return next year with this defense. He he's terrible at what he does. He's such a bad schemer. He's leaving linebackers on Devontae Adams and on Marvin on on, on to one of the fastest players uh, with, with, on backers with Scantling like. He just doesn't understand matchups, and he just drops guys into coverage. When you're like, "What are you? What are you doing? What, what people who don't understand football are like? What, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's it, there's no way this Bears team can can beat the Saints. There, we've no. talked about numerous every other team, every other team, the Washington football team. We've talked about well, you know, if the Colts are going to win this game, you know, they can do this. The Seahawks can do that, uh, or the Rams can can win with defense. The Washington team can do this. I see no path for this Bears team to beat the Saints. I, I, I don't. None. I don't either. None. Because you, no, I, I'm right there with you. And I, I think, first of all, with the Pagano, you know, st- I, I stand behind that 100% with you. And I think with that said, maybe his mother didn't go to heaven, Jackie. All right? I don't know if his mother's passed away. It was just is a joke. Is a semi-pro. Tropics. Let's go. <laughs> Let's but, go. um, yeah, I think... I, I mean, it's just because, again, you, you think of like the school of Gary Kubiak where you, you run the ball really well. You you have a good run pass balance. You're able to, to build off that. You're able to get, you know, good play actions off of it. And that's kind of the the offense or even a little bit of the Shanahan where you kind of have guys in motion that started with the Papa Shanahan down to Kyle now. And, you know, that gives you a little bit more of an edge, it gives you a little bit more time, you know, time management control and things. But again, we're trying to do that now. And it doesn't look good against good team like that. That is going to work against the average or our bad teams, that type of game planning, because we have that type of talent that could do that. We're, we're not an awful, awful team. But once you take that step up, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. Like just like you said, I mean, you said it weeks before I did, and I hadn't even pondered the thought that this team is, has definitely hit its ceiling. And I mean, this was like the time against Green Bay for them to prove you wrong to prove us wrong that no, we haven't hit our ceiling. This is what we can look like against the elite of the elite. 
I mean, even if they don't win the game, even if they play really well and, and maybe Mitch makes a boneheaded decision or just Aaron Rodgers just imposes his will and, and you know, get, gets a 90-yard drive for a field goal win. You're, you you come away from that like, all right, you know, we did a little bit there. What did they do to even remotely have success against Green Bay? The first drive looked great. Outside of that, it was just back-to-five-yard stop routes and, and – but that's, fucking wheel routes. But, but that's what this team is. This is that's yeah. what this team has yeah. been with Matt Nagy at the helm of, as regardless of play call or not, which I I will give him credit. Bill Lazor has done has done a great job, you know, filling in again again against the Packers. Not so much. You you, you talk about it. I mean, there we do want to play with ball control though. The bears are trying to play with more ball control, but the problem is, is that they were doing that against the Packers and they, how many times did they have to go for it on fourth and one, like a billion. And the one time it doesn't work, then the game's over. Like yeah. that's stupid. That's just stupid. That's, that's being a bad team where everything has to go right for you. Yeah. And, and that is the definition of a Matt Nagy bears team. It's, great on the opening drive because everything's scripted you know how things are going to play out you know but then once it comes time to adjust and and do things off script they just fall apart and you're like dude what the hell is going on Allen robinson with two catches in the biggest game of the season what the fuck are they doing how how does that happen that can't happen (laughs) and you know what's funny speaking of Allen robinson on that fourth and one Someone had uh, texted me and they were like, man, I, I just, uh, I feel like A-Rob could have did a little bit more there. And I'm like, he's running a two yard out route and the ball was thrown behind him. Like what? Like, and I've been a little critical of A-Rob this year as well. He's not coming up with jump balls and whatnot, but I mean, come on. Like yeah. what more? Like, first of all, on a two yard route, you're not getting like 10 yards of separation or even five yards. It's going to be a closely contested catch. It has to be Mitch has to lead him to the sideline and he just throws it completely behind him. Like if the DB plays that a little bit differently, that's a pick. I I have a friend who who made a great point and and it's something I want you you all to watch on on Sunday when when the Bears are playing the Saints. Mitch Trubisky cannot throw a spiral to save his life. There is a, you, you've seen it. You see it with Breeze, with Brady. There's just that tight spiral that the ball just goes exactly there where they want it to go. After a replay where he overthrows, throws behind somebody, watch the play because the ball will be spinning like this <laughs> and it'll go nowhere where he wants. And I don't know what, how the fuck you solve that, but it's like this. And, and I cannot believe Frank after Two years of this nonsense where you and I have been two and a half years even. I'll count because when he was, you know, playing, playing for John Fox, two and a half years where you and I are, are some of the biggest Mitch Trubisky defenders of all time. And now I'm on the other side where I'm like, how do you people fucking rationalize how what you're seeing here? Yeah. And Mitch, he needs three. He's oh, the Bears. There's no way the Bears can get anything, any other option. We might as well stick with Mitch. Fuck and then, that. But, but, ha, oh. but have you noticed, though, like, people have, like, shifted the goalposts where, like, well, he's the best option. Right yes. now, currently, yes. This very second, yes. We're, we have a whole offseason to find better options than him. It's it's just – it's unreal, the the amount of people who are just devoted to Mitch now because he's – Yeah. Because he's, he's just something better than – it, it's – it's you see it every time. You, you see this stuff with – well, you know, and this is how the Bears franchise justifies going eight and eight every single year and being middling and never being great, never being terrible. They're just always in the middle because of Bears fans who are just like, well, you know, if Mitch had been starting, you know, if if Nagy would have never benched Mitch, it's like this is how they justify this stuff. It's the same thing with the guy who tweeted us saying, um, well, the Bears should have beaten the Saints. You go through every little game and you're like, well, if the Bears just completed that fourth and one to Allen Robinson, if they just run the ball, it's like you start justifying little things where it's like next year will be different because those things won't happen again. But guess what? They're going to happen again. We've seen this a million times. Yeah. I'm tired of it. And 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 you know what, though? I, I, I want to, before we move on to, to the Browns and Steelers, I would never even put us, and I, I, I'm not saying you even meant it this way, but I wouldn't even put us put us in like the the Mitch Trubisky fan club or like the defenders of. 
I think we were being rational with it. You had a young quarterback who clearly has arm talent, who clearly, you know, looks the part. And I think we gave him every chance that you can. Maybe we pulled the plug a little bit too late. I know people, I, I still think people pulled the plug a little too early in year one, acting like he was a bum. I think that was a bit too much. But I think we kind of let the natural progression or the natural life of like a rookie quarterback kind of unfurl, you know, before our eyes before making a determination on him. And I think we've made the correct one. So to see people still be on this guy's bandwagon is astonishing to me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I, yeah. because like, just like you said, there are people who are just want to extend him or are, you know, continuing to, to rationalize or justify guys, you, you got to let it go. You, you, you can't, you, you can't keep seeing what you're seeing and expect different results. It just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and his team just doesn't turn people over, and that's and that's we've we've talked we've said all we've said about this Bears team without even mentioning the fact that Darnell Mooney and Roquan Smith may not even play in this game. <laughs> like yeah, like, they, <laughs> like that that's a big that's a big problem because we've I seen know. what the linebackers do without Roquan Smith. They look confused as hell. And Woods Woods is he's back. a backup. He he's a backup's backup. He's yeah. not good. He's, he's not very not good. good. And and there's just there there's no way this Bears team and that, I hope I'm wrong I mean I I really do but I'm being realistic and and, and you as Bears fans should be as well yeah and and people need to cut it out with the oh you you can't be a Bears fan and not like just I mean you they, people think you have to like blindly have faith like that doesn't make me any less of a Bears fan I'm not an idiot if yeah. there was any shred of optimism that I can have I'd gladly take it but. There's nothing here. It, it makes no like it, people think you can't be critical or at least be honest about what you're seeing and like be a you know not be a true fan. Like I'm still absolutely a true fan. I'm going to be following them in the offseason. I'm going to be rooting for them in this game. When we score a touchdown, my 1-year-old son knows how to high five and he high fives me after touchdowns. <laughs> me and my wife celebrate when the game's close and we feel like I'm still in this, but realistically, I don't think we have a shot. I'd love to be wrong. I would love to get on here next week and say how much of an idiot Jack Savio and Frank Nares are because why didn't we see this coming? I would love it, but it's just not going to happen. Sure. And you can you can trick yourself into believing it as much as you want, but it's just it's just not it's just not likely. It's it's unfortunate, but honestly, like I I think you know before we move on because you know there is one more game to, to talk about but I just think this is obviously what people listen to this podcast for is is our is our Bears hate here are fucking um, pain yeah but there is there there there's, there just has to be something to Ryan Pace doing all he fucking can this offseason, investing so much money in the defense uh you know obviously signing Robert Quinn the the big signing drafting guys to you know in the offense. There has to be something to the fact that they finished eight and eight again, the same record as last year. And the only, the only reason they are in the playoffs is because there was an extra seed added. That's the only reason they are in the playoffs at eight and eight. So stop pretending like this team is any different from last year. They're not, they're just, they just aren't. This team sucks. And I I think they're going to be in the playoffs. Throw the records out the window. I think this team is worse than last year's team, if I'm I, being honest with you. I agree. This this team looks like the team that everyone predicted to go 3-13. and 13. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Still, that was one of the most ridiculous things ever. I, yeah, I mean, I, there's too much talent on. on the team, no matter how bad the coaching or whatever can be to win through. I mean, we said, I remember us texting and saying that the floor is six wins with this talent. Now, can they muster three, four, five more wins for a division, that's unknown. We, we, you know, things have to fall into place, but I don't get how you can look at this roster and think three wins. Yeah. Which yeah. I, fuck, I'd, after, I mean, I'd love to have three wins and, and be in the conversation for a quarterback, but. Yeah, we're now, we're, now we're at the back end of the, of the draft with very little chance, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Off-season talk meant for later on. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to this final game here. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, some pretty big news, obviously, coming out today where uh, apparently everyone in Cleveland has, has COVID. So uh, yeah. head coach Kevin Stefanski may not even be coaching this game. Uh, they're they're all pro guard. They're pro, I, I don't think he's all pro. I know he got elected to the Pro Bowl, so maybe he'll be all pro. Joel Batonio, he's going to be out. Um, Cleveland just being uh, as much Cleveland as possible, finally getting to the playoffs for the first time in, in essentially our lifetime, Frank. Uh 
and they're going to have key pieces missing it because of a pandemic. Like, you can't make this stuff up, man. You, yeah. You just, you just can't. Uh, I'm going Steelers. No way the Browns win this game, regardless of who's in and out. Uh, okay, so my, my caveat, I'm picking the Browns here, but my caveat is that Stefanski can actually be on the sideline calling plays. Um, and it may even sound weird because they're the Browns, but I just, I don't have faith in the Steelers, man. Like they just, the way that they fell and the way that they looked against really good teams after that 11 game winning streak, I, I just feel like the Browns have a little bit more going for them. Like I, I feel like they have a little bit more of like a, a, almost like a swag to them or just like an identity to them where it's like, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to run the ball a lot with the, probably the best running back tandem in the league. And, you know, we kind of talked about ceilings and such this, you know, with, with offenses. And, and I think the Steelers defense is much better than the Browns defense, but Big Ben, just that arm, I don't know why it's turned into a noodle. I know he's had the surgery and such, but even in the beginning of the year, it didn't look this bad. It's just like as the years progressed, and when I think about how hot the Browns can get, their ceiling is up there with the Bills. I, I mean, they can drop a 40 bomb, you know, in the first half <laughs> if they get super hot. Um, but I think if those COVID cases stand and they, you know, they'll, you know, they're, they're, they're he's the, the left guard. I, I believe if he can't play, if Stefanski isn't out there, I'm going to switch my pick. But as it stands, I just like the matchup better from the Browns than I do the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers. Uh, two reasons. Number one, it's the Browns. And I, I just won't trust them until they prove me wrong. Like, just like, let's, let's stop pretending. Um, number two, the Browns and Steelers just played last week. And, and when everything was must win for the Browns, they barely beat Mason Rudolph and the Steelers. Like that's fair. I just think, I think one, one thing we actually talked about when the, when the Steelers were kind of going on this little bit of a losing streak and the offense kind of just like shut down, um, one of the things you and I had mentioned was maybe just sitting Big Ben for the last couple of games. Like we knew they were already in the playoffs. Um, obviously it was good that they didn't cause they needed a couple more wins. Um, but I, I just think, you know, maybe that rest will do him some good. He'll kind of get some things back on track here a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Steelers defense is just, they're just so good. They're just so very good. So, so, so good. And I don't know. I, I like the Browns, but I just I, I just can't stop picturing Baker having one of his like his like 16 for 43 days where he like throws for like 112 yards or something. Like that. It's you know, possible. Like, just just it's one possible. of those games. Um, and I'm just I'm going to lean on the team that's just been better all year. And I just think the Steelers have been have, have shown what their ceiling can be. Now, can they hit that ceiling? That remains to be seen. But I still feel like the Browns are kind of still trying to figure out what what their ceiling can be. And maybe this game goes a long way in determining that, um, especially if their head coach is, is going to miss the game. It's like, I, I don't know how you don't you, you can trust the Browns in a playoff game when you haven't seen them in the playoffs for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. Like seven, that, uh, 19 now. So that, that's fair. And, and I think on my end with it, I just like the Steelers can't run the ball very well. I don't know if I trust Big Ben at this stage in his career to throw the ball 40 or 50 times and, and win a playoff game. Like, I, I just don't know if he has that anymore. And that's that's really much. And I guess it's a little bit more like anti Steelers than like really bigging up the Browns. I, the Steelers, I just they're my biggest red flag team in in the AFC. Like, I, I just don't. I don't know. I it, they may prove me wrong and Big Ben may look really, really good, but I just, as we talked about like avenues and such, obviously I think the Browns are the underdog and, and probably rightfully so in terms of betting and such, but I see as an underdog, I see much more, you know, much more avenues to beat the Steelers than I do with Washington beating the Bucks or the Bears beating the Saints or, you know, uh, the the Rams beating the Seahawks like there's something here with this team. It, it sucks that they got this this at Steelers defense in in the first round because they could probably beat a few of the other teams in the AFC. But yeah, I, I just don't. I, I think that's what it comes down to. As I'm thinking more, as you kind of say your side, it's it, it's just Big Ben right now. But he still is Big Ben, so he may he may just be able to put together a classic Big Ben performance and uh you know and move forward. And, and not for nothing, just the mobility not being there anymore. It, you know, 
And if he has to hold the ball for anything more than two or three seconds, Miles Garrett's going to be in his face all game. And and it's yeah. just not a good recipe for me. Yeah, I just I you know I think when when it comes to playoff time, uh, as as I've kind of grown up as an NFL fan and just watching the playoffs, uh, I've I've learned to trust trends and and teams that have I think playoff experience. You know, you you kind of. I think it's easy when you when you don't really watch as much football to, to kind of be like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter uh, what the Steelers did four years ago because, you know, it's a completely different team. And, you know, there there is something to that, but there's also something to teams that just constantly make the playoffs and know how to win. Yeah. And I, I just think the lack of experience for the Browns, I think they can play into their hands. They're probably going to play a little bit more loose, um, maybe. Or, or maybe they play a little bit tighter and, and they yeah. you know, feel the pressure of, of, well, you know, being in the playoffs for the first time. And, you know, just, I mean, anyone on the Browns probably, like, this is probably yeah. a new experience for a lot of guys, except for obviously Kareem Hunt. Um, I don't know. I, I just think the Steelers, we've seen how good the Steelers can be. And I expect them to be at that level, whether it's through the defense, through the offense, I just we've seen how good they are and and how much of a better team they can be than the Browns. Uh, so that's that's the way I'm going to lean in this one. I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Steelers here. So let me get this right, Buckaroo. You like to follow trends and and, and kind of see you know what, uh-huh. what teams got going for them and, and yeah. kind of you know p- picture the future moving yeah. forward, if uh-huh. you will. And you've seen the Titans beat the dog shit out of the Ravens last year. Different team. <laughs> <laughs> no man fuck fuck the titans i'll never pick them i will never i'd rather pick the texans and the jaguars than pick the i hate the titans i really really do i think they're a I bunch mean, of what scumbags. did steve mcnair rest his soul ever do to you man it's not him it's not steve is it eddie it's george just, it's just that titans team you know they got the ugly jerseys they're just they're from tennessee Heck, we have to you have know? a whole episode just about jerseys you like there's like we three do. jerseys that you you don't like any jerseys Let's i love see. the titans colors why don't we just knock this out really <laughs> <laughs> i like the bills jerseys i like the buccaneers like new the bills jerseys uh, are fucking gross the the pewter ones i like those new like the stone gray ones that the that the buccaneers have oh yeah those are nice the, those are nice i like the saints the uh the white and the gold I you know like the black and the gold, too. I mean, their jerseys are very good. No, the no, white, no. The gold white and the gold with, like, the stripes, the gold stripes and everything. That That's Not a good Not surprising one. you like white over black. Keep it rolling. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the Ravens always good. The Ravens purple. There's just something about Seahawks, ugly-ass uniforms. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, the Raiders, classic. Classic jersey. Yeah. Can never go wrong with that. The Colts, just the blue and the white. Very simple. Nothing I, I enjoy good. their jerseys, like yeah. It. The Vikings. I like the old ones. I like the Randy Moss Viking jerseys. I don't like these new ones that they have. They're just, they're ugly. Um, the Steelers, classic Steelers jerseys. Classic, yeah, good. gotta have it. The the Cardinals are okay. The Cardinals are okay. I, I like them sometimes. I like the black ones, the all black with like the red. Yeah, those are really cool. Those are good. Browns. Who the fuck made orange and brown a color scheme? It's just it's never. You're always gonna no, look why, like. Food. And why is the no, team named the Browns wear orange? Well, Paul Brown, Paul Brown, the owner. I, I, there's just that's probably why they suck. If I'm being honest, they don't they oh, don't yeah. realize that you know. No, it's it's a terrible name, and it's they're Cleveland, and it's just no Cleveland jersey is good. Like there's just there's nothing on there. Cavs ugly, ugly as hell. The Dolphins, stop fucking around with this ugly ass new shit. This new like aqua shit. Go like back. Teal. To Dan I like they're all they're all white uniforms are nice. No, go go to the old school stuff. The Falcons, ugly, ugly. Never been a fan of the Falcons. The red and the black, you think it'd work? Just awesome. Uh, The Cowboys. (laughs) I like the Cowboys, those like blue and white ones that they do, as opposed to like the the teal pants. Not not a fan of those. The Chargers obviously go with the classic, you know, the The powder blue. Powder blue is my favorite jersey in the league. Stop fucking. Why do they keep fucking around with the jersey? They have like 70 all. If they ever do the powder blue and the yellow pants again, I'm just I'm gonna stop that's, watching Chargers games for Yeah, that's gross. Texans, ugly. Ugly just ugly. Yeah. Ugly. Except that I will say the red ones are I like the red alts. The better. red ones are better than like that navy blue one, but yeah. yeah. Uh the Lions. 
They're Come nice. On. I like the lion jersey. Come you don't on. like lion jerseys? Ugly. Ugly. I liked. Well, no. I guess when I think of the lions, I'm thinking of the lighter blue, like the Barry Sanders blue. Yes. That, that those were nice. Yes. And I like the silver helmets when they do that stuff. I, I, I like just like the plain silver helmets. I don't know why it works, but it does. Uh, the Bears. Hmm. Hit or uh, miss. It, stop wearing those fucking orange jerseys. The white on I white. Hate those orange jerseys so fucking much. The, the give me the. I, I think I, I kind of go back and forth between the white jerseys and the and like the blue. Those there's just something about those two jerseys that are, they just look good. But stop. I'm gonna stop slandering the orange jerseys. They Nathan Basher had a 109-yard return in the orange, they, baby. They lose every game they play in those stupid jerseys. They're ugly. We uh, the, the new Rams stuff, blech. Yeah, blech. Not, not a fan. Blech. But it's better. It's still somehow better than when they were, like, the blue and the gold. Ugly. The St. Louis Rams were just a gross franchise. Let's just go they ahead and that, say like, dark stadium that was just always, it was, like, it was missing ugly. a couple lights. the panthers i like the panthers i I think they're you know like the black and like the teal accents though that looks good or not teal um white blue uh washington football team ugly ugly as hell this come on i know someone's gonna be listening to this who is a washington fan and you're wrong you're just wrong your your team's jerseys are ugly. they're ugly uh philadelphia i like the midnight black I like the midnight black. I do too. Green. I don't like their dark green. I, I'm not, no, not a fan. No. Go to the Kelly green if you're going to do green. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots, ugly as hell. Don't like looking at them. Uh, Denver Broncos. <laughs> uh, the Broncos, like jerseys, eh, they're okay. I, I think, I think, I like De- I think Denver does orange and blue better than the Bears. I agree. I agree with that. There's just something a little different. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I just I'm not a gross. orange fan. Maybe that's what Fucking it is. Gross. Maybe I just they're, don't. They're not very far off from the Browns. They're not. They're not, and it, it makes sense because Paul Brown was their owner as well. Uh, Jacksonville. Uh, stop. Just stop being a team overall. Just get out of here. Uh, I will Lawrence. say Trevor Lawrence is gonna be. Come on, he's turning that franchise around. I will say if they go back to the '90s, like Fred Taylor Jaguar jerseys, yeah, I'm down for. Giants, they're fine. Nothing, nothing yeah, really right cool. about. And then the Jets, no, just they have some jerseys that I like. You kind of mentioned that, like that type of green. The I Kelly how, green. Yeah, th- those ones are are cool from back in the day. Other than that, they're just not. Yeah, they're like the Mark Sanchez Jets. Gross. Get it out of here. Those are the Bart Scott Jets. You better watch your fucking mouth. Oh, I didn't mention the Packers because they're ugly. I like they're all whites too though. They're all whites are nice. Yeah, the the green green and yellow isn't uh, isn't the greatest mix. No, it's it's hideous. It's disgusting. Then I will say I will say this though, just their green, the the the, the contrast of it is bad. But ju- I don't mind the green of it. I it's think I think yellow. it's the yellow that throws because that's a good green. It's not doo doo green like Philly. <laughs> doo doo green. Well, you know about doo doo green. You've seen your son's baby poo. It's been it's been a lot of different colors, Jackie. Yeah. Green, green. But uh, <laughs> this has been an interesting way to wrap up. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll we'll just keep going through. Jury. I got to get Frank's opinion on some of these. But uh, well, that'll that'll pretty much do it for this edition of the Corked Up Podcast uh, here. But um, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, go Bears! You know, I'm, I'll be rooting for you, kind of, sort of, get maybe. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> have a good one, guys. We appreciate you listening to the first episode of 2021. That's what I should have said. Court the podcast first episode of 2021. That's how I remember it. We appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the playoffs. Talk to you later, Frankie. Later, everyone.